0: Welcome to the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jace Howard, and this is episode three. Episode three, we are bringing a special guest, my good friend, Alex Ward. What's up, y'all? So, Alex is a football player, baseball player, and basketball player. He enjoys underwater basket weaving, too, and... We, we both go to the same school. We've been friends for forever. And so I thought it was only right for the third episode. Because in my other podcast, there was only two episodes. So it's the, the third episode to bring out a new special guest. And in segment one today, we're going to be talking about the NBA predictions for the Nash, for the championship. College basketball predictions for the national championship. And then in segment two today, we're only going to have two segments because they're probably going to both be longer. In segment two today, we're going to be talking about Kentucky basketball and kind of predictions for them and what they can do and how far they can go. So I'll see you all in segment one. This is episode three of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. Welcome to Segment 1 of Episode 3 of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. Once again, I am joined by Alex. And this segment is going to be about our predictions for the NBA Championship or NBA Finals and the Men's College Basketball National Championship. So I want to start it off with the NBA and just say who... My favorite for the the title is, and I think my favorite is a hundred percent the Boston Celtics. And I know it's, I know it's kind of repeating what everyone says, but really, when you look at this team as a just roster, they're just better than everybody, you know, and. I I don't know. What what do you think, Alex? What do you think about the Boston Celtics and them kind of going all the way?
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely think they're by far the favorite. And they have good reason to be the favorite because they have players like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They have solid big men with Robert Williams and Al Horford. And you know they have Luke Cornette who can do his little jump-and-contest thing, you know. Yes. And um, they have a solid guards with Marcus Smart, Derek White, Peyton Pritchard. But I definitely think they could go all the way. But another team I think that's going to be a competitor for them would definitely be the Cleveland Cavaliers because they have really every position you need to be good. They have Jared Allen. I mean, they got Mobley. They got Mitchell who can – Score And they have a lot of other good guards, too, including Garland and Karis LeVert. And they just have everything you need in a team. And I think them, along with the Bucks in the Eastern Conference, would be my favorites.
0: Yeah, 100%. I definitely agree with the Cavs. I think they're a little young and they were in the playing game but this was without Donovan Mitchell but they i think that they've got maybe some of the more experience that they need i think they're younger than a lot of the teams however i definitely think i could see them making a run come playoff time so i don't i don't really know what to expect from the bucks now when they're all healthy i think that the bucks are one of the best team if not the best team in the NBA. And but when they're not healthy and w- what happens, you know, if somebody gets hurt for the Bucks because I don't feel like this team I, while they're while they might be deep, I I don't feel like I don't really feel like they're a very deep team. I don't really feel like the Bucks are a very deep team. And yes, just to clarify, Alex is on a phone. This was kind of thrown together. We couldn't really figure it out. Listen, people record stuff on a phone all the time. So I apologize if the audio is not great. We're doing our best here. But back to the Bucks. I think that an injury could plague this team. But if they get hot at the right time, they have Giannis who literally could. You could stick him on any other team, and they could be a title contender. Well, yeah. except for maybe the Rockets, but
1: yeah, I definitely agree. And you were talking about injuries, and one of those big injuries for me would definitely be Brooke Lopez, because if a center, their main center who plays many minutes, if he got hurt, mm-hmm. you're going to have to play Giannis at the center. And I don't know who you start if Brooke Lopez got hurt, but a good pickup for them is definitely Jay Crowder, and I think he could help them maybe in the playoffs because you know him with the Heat that one year, really helped the Heat. And another team I think can make a run is the Heat because they have given the Celtics problems, and I think if the Heat played the Celtics, it could be a good series.
0: Yeah, because remember, we did see last year – at least I saw, how big of a part Bobby Portis was to the Bucks, And Jay Crowder, in a sense, in my opinion, is a basically a better Bobby Portis. He's just as good of a shooter, and defensively, he can, he can guard a lot of positions. And so when they come up against a team like the Celtics, who, you know, somebody's going to have to guard Jason Tatum, and somebody's going to have to guard Jalen Brown, I think that Jay Crowder is very important for this team.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, back to the Heat on this one, I think that the Heat are the closest thing to the Celtics, I think, that could match them in the playoffs. Because I think they have stronger big men with Bam, and now they have Kevin Love, who I don't know what he's been doing this year. I don't really know how good he is still. But I think the Heat could
0: get hot, and hopefully they do because they're my favorite team. Yeah, yeah, we're we're forgetting about our Kentucky boy Tyler Hero. I mean, his ability, yeah. his his ability to and sure he does, he does. It's kind of a fact that he he really. You probably watch more Heat games than I do. I'm he gets bullied on. He gets bullied on defense. He gets attacked, but. If he gets hot, his scoring will outweigh his defense. And I think you've seen that. That's why he's been starting this year.
1: Yes, I 100% agree. And really, the NBA, when it comes playoff time, is probably the most defense you'll be seeing play. And that's where I think it'll be tough for um, players and teams. And I think Tyler Hero could definitely outscore another team and him, and you have Jimmy Butler as well, he could have a good night. But they definitely have a contender for the Eastern Conference, I think, with the Celtics.
0: And about defense, did you see the, I'm pretty sure it was double overtime, Kings-Clippers game, that was, both teams scored over 170 points.
1: Yeah, I did see that, and also saw that the, Two Kentucky boys, Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox,
0: combined for eighty. Games, yeah, combined for like eighty. And I thought it was cool to
1: see them back together. I, I mean, they played at Kentucky together. And Malik Monk is one of those underrated players. I mean, he was with the Lakers. I don't know if he was with them this year, but I know he was with them last year. And I saw him. I mean, he's he's a good player, and I think those Kings could be a sleeper. I mean. They, I don't know about this year, but definitely next year, if they have a good draft, and I think they can definitely make some trades and I'm a fan of the Kings. I mean, I hope they do good.
0: Yeah, I've I've liked the Kings for a while. You know that, uh you know that De'Aaron Fox was one of my favorite players to come out of Kentucky. And to see him and Malik Monk back on the court together, it just it just warms my heart because they those two guys at Kentucky their chemistry was unmatched. I mean, remember back at that year, De'Aaron Fox was one of the best point guards in the nation, and Malik Monk's ability to just score was 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 different. And while we're talking about the Kings, let's let's switch over to the Western Conference, who surprisingly too, the Kings have made a big, maybe not just getting in the playoffs. They could be a. They were like the three seed in the West for a little bit of time there.
1: Yeah, I I definitely could see the Kings and something about the Kings, they have some pretty good young talent. I mean, you, they have a guy in Keaton Murray that showed he could be the next big name in the NBA in this um, summer league, but He's kind of fell off and had some injuries. but And they also have Davion Mitchell, who's another really good young guy. And I think if those two could get hot in the playoffs or toward the end of the season, they could definitely be a contender for that Western Conference.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think another team who is really my sleeper pick is the – The Grizzlies. And so, I'm actually looking at the odds right now. And, FanDuel Sportsbook, I'm just going to use their odds. And all of these platforms, though, have the Celtics with the number one odds. At plus 280 right now. And a surprising team in second, the Phoenix Suns. And I think that they've put this team in second. Because, you know, they... They have the ability to definitely where they could win a championship. It's just you know, I don't I don't feel like they're deep enough to like playoff basketball is hard and enduring. It's seven game series of playing probably a lot more intense than you've played all season. So they're going to need a bench.
1: Yes, I agree. The uh, um Suns, everybody's hype on the, the- new big three in the NBA, but, like, they literally don't have anybody on the bench. Like, they have Cameron Payne and guys like that and TJ Warren, and he's probably going to start now for them. But another team for me that's my sleeper, I mean, I know I said Timberwolves last time, but the more I was looking, the Mavericks. I mean, if you look at their team – I mean, they could definitely get hot, but I think Kyrie Irving could definitely be a huge key, but they don't have much depth like the Suns. So, I just you never know with this playoffs. I mean, it is a 7-game series. Not it's not as unpredictable as college, but you never know.
0: Yeah, and about and on these odds, Dallas is currently plus 1 uh plus 1700 and memphis is plus 1800 so they're both so it's dallas and then memphis and i think the one thing if if anybody listening to this episode i shouldn't say it like that but if you listen to the second episode of the podcast you would remember that we talked about how dallas or I talked about how Dallas was immediately after the Kyrie Irving trade getting pounded on defense. So that's the one thing. I think the Mavericks 100% have the offensive firepower to win an NBA championship. But defensively, when it comes down to, like I said, playoff basketball and you're playing more intense defense than you probably have all year, I feel like they might crumble.
1: I do too, but um, you never know because I just don't know. I mean, like, let's say they play the Nuggets or somebody like that because they would probably play the one seed if they're the eighth seed. And um, I think they could possibly knock off a team like the Nuggets or Grizzlies because I just think they could outscore them more – Likely than not,
0: you know what I mean. So here's a here's an interesting thing for you. Looking at these these um, odds, the Los Angeles Lakers are in front of the Miami Heat. That that seems a little a little out there to me. Just because while the Lakers the Lakers are fighting for a spot to even get in the playoffs. And much less if, if I think, like I said, you know, if if the Lakers get in to the playoffs, I think they could win a first-round series. I just don't see them winning an NBA championship. I really don't.
1: Um, I don't either. But you just never know when you have a guy like LeBron on your team. Like, everybody, when you have a player like Giannis, LeBron, Luka, Ja, just – Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum. You could honestly win any series you play in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, those those guys are definitely game changers. And also, the Philadelphia 76ers and Denver Nuggets are two teams who are pretty similar. Jamal Murray, James Harden comparable, and... Giannis and Embiid, definitely comparable. So let's talk about those two teams. First, the Sixers, I feel like the Nuggets have a better chance than the Sixers, but the Sixers, I think, could definitely put something together. I mean, Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, James Harden. On paper, that looks like a really good roster. Harden is not where he used to be, but, you know— He's still James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey has gotten so much better, like astoundingly better. So, you know what? What's your thought on the Sixers maybe making a run?
1: Yeah, I I could definitely see it. I mean, I don't know about Tyrese Maxey. He's had he he started off the season insane. I mean, he was on pace for most improved player, but I think Shea Kyla Alexander. Another Kentucky guy has probably got that one, but they also have picked up Mac McClung.
0: Who? Oh, oh, Mac! He can, he can get up there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know if they're going to play him towards the end of the season when they have walked in their playoff spot. I don't know, but I mean, you never know. They could have found the next big thing in the NBA, but I do think they have depth. And I think Harden and Bede and, you know, Tobias Harris. I mean, you got Maxie. I mean, they could definitely make a run. And another team I would like to talk about is definitely the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they could get the job done, but I want to see Shet Holmgren play.
0: Yeah, I mean, what? first off, even if they, even if they don't get the job done, just the Thunder even making the playoff playoffs, you have to you have to um, give them give them tip your hat to them because they they have right now okay plus fifty thousand odds. Ter- I mean horrendous odds, but if they even somehow made the playoffs, I would be amazed because to think where Shay was coming out of college as a Kentucky fan watching him and the Oklahoma City Thunder have done such a great job at developing him.
1: Yeah, and and the thing about Shay is I just love watching him play. I mean, he's just fun to watch and I think next year the Thunder could definitely make a run. I don't know what kind of picks they have, but the fact that they have Josh giddy who's Monding, who is, I mean, not a lot of people know his name, but I know him from 2K, and he is a baller. And they have home run They have Jalen Williams, who was, like, I think a lottery pick, but he has been playing really good. So I just think that the Thunder um, coaching staff has done a great job, and I think they will continue to do a great job on this team.
0: Yeah, so – um before we wrap up this and go on to college, let's just let's get your NBA finals prediction and the the um the series, what's it gonna be? So I'll, I'll st- go. I think the Boston Celtics will be playing the and this this is this pick is gonna surprise some people. I think the Boston Celtics are going to be playing the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think the Celtics are going to win in a six-game series, 4-2. to two. I think that the Grizzlies will give them a run. And this is it's going to surprise some people. But I do think that the Grizzlies can make that run.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to use a little bit of bias in this one. So I just want to be a little bit... Out there, and I'm going to take the Miami Heat playing the Phoenix Suns. Oh, in the finals,
0: okay. And
1: I am taking the Miami Heat in six games, and I'm I'm going out there on this one. But I have that feeling. I mean, I'm going look at the odds, and they have the Phoenix Suns projected. Plus four fifty, yeah. And um, but I'm taking the heat here because I just think that they have the Celtics number. I mean, I know they lost last year in the seven game series, but I think that could change. And I just, I just hope that happens too. I mean, I, that's what I'm taking. But what do you think about that? I
0: I think that's I think that's like you said. It's a little out there. I definitely could see the heat. I don't know about the Suns, but I think we're gonna have to wait and see because this has been this has been a pretty crazy season, and Durant hasn't played. We haven't even got to see a taste of what the Suns are now, and so I think we're just gonna have to wait and see. But I think that's a that's an okay pick, you know. If that's what you think, you got to say what you think, and that's different. Not a lot of people are gonna pick that. Moving on to college basketball, so. <laughs> This is this is going to be one of the hardest segments that we that I will do on here and you cuz you have probably be on more of these but this is going to be a really hard segment because I mean literally college basketball is one of it's been some of the craziest I've ever seen this year.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean it's so fun. In my opinion, this year with college basketball, because like there is no like dominant undefeated team that you know just wins every game easily. But I mean, you you know you have the closest things to that with Purdue and honestly Alabama. But I mean, you know anybody could win this year, and I, I hope that Kentucky pulls us out. But I mean, you just never know.
0: Yeah, and. I wonder how, speaking of Alabama, how this controversy around Brandon Miller has affected them. And I wouldn't even call it controversy because it really shouldn't be anything. I mean, the dude should not get any charges, therefore he should be allowed to play. I don't see why everyone is blowing this up, but they are. And unfortunately for Alabama, that's how it's going to be. So does this affect them?
1: I don't know. I just think that as long as Alabama's coach gets us together, because like I was watching Sports Center earlier, and apparently at the Alabama game last night, in introductions, they did like a pat down on Brandon Miller in introductions. So, like, I feel like people are making a big deal, but Alabama itself is making it a big deal and i don't know i don't think it necessarily affects them because i mean they're an amazing team i think they're probably the favorite to probably win the national championship but the thing is i mean it's so unpredictable that you just never know like cuz i think a team like Iowa State or a team just a team that can match their shooting or could either defend their shooting like i even think auburn Like, for example, I know Kentucky handled them, but Auburn's an amazing defensive team. If you have a defensive team kind of like Auburn, then I think they can maybe control Alabama, but I don't think it really affects them on this one.
0: No, I, I do too. And I think that the media, and they always do this, are blowing this out of proportion. He didn't get any charges. He shouldn't get any charges. He's not even a suspect. All he is is a witness. Like, there's literally no need. He should play. Whatever. But I think that, you know, can, Kentucky, I don't actually have their odds because they're so far down. But I think this year, the way, the way Kentucky played against Tennessee and Auburn, They could they played like a top 15 team. They haven't been consistent enough to be that, obviously. But when they play like that, I think they can compete with the Kansas and the Purdue's and teams like that. I just, I think that really, there's not one dominant team. I think that the most consistent team this season, and they're number one right now, and they've shown it, is Houston. Marcus Sasser has been great, and... This Houston team has they're just they're they just grind every win out it seems like and they're gritty and they're tough and it just seems to me like I don't know maybe they want it more than any other team and right now the Houston Cougars have the best odds to win it.
1: Yeah, I can see where people are coming from that. But I I definitely think they are the most consistent team. But the thing about Houston is they don't have that, like, insane player. Like, I know Marcus Sasser is, is really good and he's solid. But they don't have that player that could go and get you, like, 40 points on a night, cause, like, more than one. So, yeah. I think if you had a team, like, my, my underrated pick here
0: is Iowa State. Okay. I mean they beat they beat Kansas. They beat TCU. They beat Kansas
1: State. They beat Texas. And they beat Oklahoma who also didn't Oklahoma handle Alabama? I mean
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Iowa State is is definitely not a lot of people are gonna pick him them to win. I don't think they're necessarily gonna win by any means. But I definitely think they could knock off some big teams like Maybe even Kansas or Kansas State, one of the two, because I think they'll definitely play them.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that that's definitely true, and I feel like I want to say that. So let's if we're we're looking, I'm I have the odds here, right? And the top four teams: Houston, Kansas, Alabama, Purdue. You said it. You said it the best. Houston doesn't have that guy. Yo, Kansas has Jalen Wilson, Alabama, Brandon Miller, and Purdue, Zach Eady. All guys who were in talk for National Player of the Year. And guys who can give you those 40 point nights or maybe not even that many points, but just can give you those big games when you need it. And so. I think you're 100% right when you say Houston Houston is consistent but they have a they have a I guess you could say a pretty big question mark beside their name. Yeah. And I I mean I, I do
1: think they could definitely win it but I want to get on the talk of some of these first four out teams like, possibly North Carolina and maybe even Duke. I mean, I want to talk about some of those teams like Duke, North Carolina, you know, Michigan, and just some of those teams that are usually really good but just haven't been consistent this
0: year. So, uh, Joe Lenardi's Bracketology, it was updated the 24th. This, we're recording this episode, the 26th. So, this is before Kentucky beat Auburn, and I'm pretty sure, did North Carolina beat Virginia? Yep. They did. So, big, big win for North Carolina. And Duke is a, Duke is definitely someone who, you know, obviously as UK fans, we do not like Duke whatsoever. However, in the games where they have had all of their guys, okay, they haven't, yeah, I don't know – I think that they've only lost one game because they had a great recruiting class this year, and they they played good, but I think injuries have kind of dre- derailed them and hurt them. Um, so I'm looking for them in the bracket and which seed that they were projected, but –
1: in my bracket, I have prediction by Jerry Palm, the bracketology expert yes. uh, for CBS Sports, but they have Duke, I want to say, at a 6 seed.
0: A 6 a seed? It,
1: it, and this was uh, February 24th. So, I mean, I definitely do think Duke is a really solid team. I mean, my favorite, I don't really know if I'd say he's my favorite player, but... Okay. Derek Whitehead he yes. is an athlete. I mean, i've I've been doing some two k simulations out here, and Derek Whitehead could be the next big thing in the NBA. I think I mean, he is,
0: he is him. I haven't I haven't got to watch Duke play, but I do know Derek Whitehead and Kyle Flipatowski are definitely two of the better guys, backcourt guys in college basketball because. Kyle Flippitowski is very versatile in that shooter, but he's not as athletic. But, Dur- but Derek Whitehead makes up for that athleticism that maybe he lacks. And um, Joe Lenardi has Duke as a seven seed playing Missouri, who I think that they can definitely beat. And then they win playing Texas. So... <sighs> If if that's if that's the bracket, do you think they can get out of the second round? Do you think they could beat a team like Texas? Because Texas has been shaky a little bit.
1: I definitely think they could beat a team like Texas, and um, I I think they probably will if they play them. I mean, I think they have the the guys, and I just want to give a shout out to John.
0: So it so the pod, the podcasting app that i'm using shout out to anchor would not let us go past 30 minutes. We we talked a while about that. So, real quick, we're going to give you our pick for the national championship, our winner and our two teams. So, my pick is Kansas State and Houston And while some people might not like the pick of Kansas State, I watched them play Kansas. I think Keontae Johnson has been doing phenomenal. And Marcus Noel is somebody who can definitely take this Kansas State team all the way. And Houston, while you said, you know, maybe they lack that star, they've just been so consistent. I just, it's hard hard to pick against them.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. And my two picks are going to have to be Houston as well. I think they definitely could have an off night and possibly still win. They're not super athletic, but they're just solid. And my other team is going to be the Baylor Bears. And I just think they have it together. And they've had some big wins this year, too. But I just think that the Baylor Bears, and I'm not picking a team like Alabama or Kansas. I just think they could definitely lose to a team that, I mean, if you look at Kansas, they almost, they they didn't win by a lot against Kentucky. And Kentucky had an off night, I think. So I think Kansas could definitely lose to just a team really like Indiana or Virginia or Iowa State. Or just a, a good shooting team that could match their shooting. So, I, that's my predictions. And one of my sleepers is Iowa State again, like I said earlier. So
0: Yeah. So, that's going to do it for segment one. I know it was a long segment. Segments normally are not this long, but we, we kind of – we got to talk and – it, th- this this was fun. So we will see you in segment two. This has been episode three of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast with Alex or Big Al. Peace. Okay. Welcome to segment two of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. This is episode three. Once again, I am with Alex Ward. And this this segment is going to be about Kentucky basketball. If you're not a Kentucky fan, well, I'm sorry. But then this segment might not be for you, but for all my Kentucky fans. This this is going to be a great segment. I've talked I think I've talked about Kentucky on every one of the podcasts that I've done. And really the reason I wanted to bring Alex on here is because I wanted to do one with him. Ever since I was little and doing podcast, doing that, the podcast. And also because he gave, he texted me after the game and he gave me, he told me some stuff that, you know, I didn't actually think of. And so I thought it would be great to get a second opinion about the game on here. Especially, I was at a one-year-old birthday party, so I watched the first half, but I didn't really watch the second half, you know. But I want to open it up with the thoughts that Kentucky is playing great when they need to play great. They beat Auburn by 40. They beat Tennessee. They're on a four-game win streak heading into Vandy at home, a game you should win. Arkansas on the road is going to be tough. But Kentucky is playing right. is playing great basketball at the right time. And I think that that's very important for this team.
1: Yeah, I agree. They have been playing really good. And what um, I was saying that Jace honestly thought of, too, was I was saying that D'Aro, I mean, he's 18. He's still growing. And he he's shown prudent. So I think him maybe going into tournament time, or him going into next year if he decides to come back, I don't know if he will, I think he will, that he could be a big piece to our team off the bench this year and maybe even starting next year.
0: See, I think that's, that's, that's 100% right because the Arrows, um, I don't actually know how tall he is. I want to say he's about 6'5", 6'6", maybe somewhere around yeah. there. Um, but he is he he's play he played great for Kentucky against Auburn. I think he knocked down a corner three. I think that his defensive presence is something that Kentucky needs and he's a very long guard. He is a great if he can I think if he can get a little bit faster, he has an NBA ready body. Especially if he grows more too.
1: And Yeah, I agree. And he kinda reminds me like they are hyping up Gigi Jackson, but he 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 kinda reminds me of Gigi Jackson.
0: Yeah. And Gigi Jackson has been (laughs) not not bad, but not great. They I think they were projecting still in the lottery. Yeah but, um he he is uh he is still he's he's been great for South Carolina, and ugh, I don't want to talk about South Carolina because that was just that was really yeah. bad, but they have him listed as six foot six and still growing. I mean, this kid, if he's six eight, if he he could play, he's 6'8 and can handle the ball. He could play all four positions. Not, I don't think he could play the five. But if he could play all four, looking at Kentucky's team next year, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because this year isn't over. But, you know, this year, if if we don't win the tournament, or if we don't even win a game in the tournament, will be really frustrating. But this year has been not bad. Not great, but about mediocre. And it's it's sad to say, but this has been a better season than for us in the past, like, four years, which is sad to say as a Kentucky fan because as a Kentucky fan, you feel like you're getting one of the best teams in the nation every year. And it hasn't been that way these past four years. I mean, last year, losing that game was very unfortunate, but – but I want to talk about next year, just because Adu Thierro can definitely help our our team next year. Especially looking at the recruits, um, we're lacking the we're lacking the power forward position, and I think Damian Collins too. We're lacking the power forward position, and I'll get your opinion on this. But we're lacking the power forward position. Rob Dillingham is a two. DJ Wagner's a one. Justin Edwards is a three. And we have – there was one more guy.
1: Aaron Bradshaw. Aaron Aaron
0: Bradshaw, Bradshaw. who was a center. But I want to get your take on if Damian Collins can get a jump shot, do you think he'll be a big part of next year's team and even maybe a good NBA player because he's very athletic?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think he could be not right now, but he could definitely be an NBA player. 'Cause I I think I mean he is so long. Like I mean he is just long. He can get up. He he's shown flashes at times this year. I mean, it's been a rough year for him, you know, his dad has passed away. I mean
0: Yeah, that's that's he, terrible. That's you never wanna see that.
1: Yeah, and I just think Cal and him have a relationship now that, I, I don't know, you know, every time he gets subbed out, Cal will give him a hug or pat him on the back, you know. I think that he's he's going to come back next year, and I think him and Dio can be big parts of the team as returners, and you never want to have a team of just young guys. And I think they, especially Collins, could be a mentor to some of these young players, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah, and I think, like you said, Collins and Cal have a relationship that that you don't see a lot of coaches and players have, and especially even the fan base with him. I think last year, you know, he Cal played him a little bit too much, and the fan base didn't really like him. He wasn't helping the team, so I'm not by any means, no means necessary, saying his dad dying was a good was a good thing because that is a terrible terrible thing but it might be a blessing in disguise because now Cal seems to have rallied around him and the fan base I mean I was at the Tennessee game and every time he got subbed out everyone was up on their feet cheering for that kid just trying to give him a boost because It's so hard. And I think that everyone in that fan base wants to see that kid succeed.
1: Yeah. And I want to get back kind of to Kentucky this year and air playoffs hope this year. And I honestly, the main guy I want to talk about is Chris Livingston. I mean, coming off a player of the week, and and it just seems like every time a shot goes up, He's running in on the weak side and, you know, back in one. Like, that's what it just seems like. Yeah. Man.
0: it – and he's – I think he's definitely a better four than three. I know people, people, you know, say that, oh, Livingston should play the four and stuff. But right now, without Frederick, he has to play the three, and he's done a great job, and he's stepped up. And I think that his – the rumor was that the people are in his camp, or his agents, people around him, stuff like that, his family, want him to play the three because they don't see him being an NBA four. Whether that's true or not, because I think he could be an NBA four. I think he might have to get a little bit stronger, maybe. But, that was the rumor of why that Cal was playing him at the three. Who knows if that's even true, and if Cal just wants to play him at the three, and doesn't want to make the fan base mad. You don't I don't really know. That was the rumor. But he's he's really played great. I mean, Coach Jeff, if you're listening, he's he's getting to that rebounding spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's just has, I think, a lot of potential. And whether he is I don't know why he's playing the three, but he he should be a three, I think. And I also just love seeing Antonio Reeves play. I mean, I think, to me, Antonio Reeves, I mean, he he doesn't seem like a senior to me, but he also does because he's he's so composed and he has, he just, you can tell he's been in big moments before.
0: And speaking of Reeves and next year's team, Reeves and Frederick could both come back. Which is scary to think about because DJ Wagner is going to be able to penetrate and that, be that elite guy. And if you have Reeves and Frederick, phew, this team next year could be scary. Yeah. Uh,
1: DJ Wagner penetration is open up shooters, and I think another good shooter would be Reed Shepard. I mean, he could be a guy, and again, I think D'Aro could be a guy. And like we were saying earlier, if Collins can improve
0: his jump shot, he has potential there next year. Yeah, 100%. But this year's team, I think that one of the biggest things for them is Jacob Toppin – has been hitting threes consistently. And you saw him take more in the Florida game. And ultimately that that really helped, but I think that the biggest thing that has helped or not helped, but will make will make her break this Kentucky team is Kaseen Wallace. Now, if you listen to the first episode, I said I thought CJ Frederick would make her break this team. And I I still think that. I still think if C.J. Frederick's on, we're going to play better. But I think Cason Wallace, think about it. He had a terrible game against Georgia. We lost. He did not have a good game against Florida. We about lost that game. But he did have a good game against Tennessee, and he had a great game against Auburn with 19 points, nine assists, and four rebounds. He played outstanding, and it's great for his confidence, and it showed how much of an impact he had when he played like that.
1: Yeah, I think definitely Casey Wallace or Frederick is going to be the key guys. But my thing about Wallace is he could have a good night with honestly out even scoring. Yeah. He could get four steals in – start the fast break, and maybe kick it out to a guy like Reese. Kick it out to a guy like Frederick. Find Sheebley running the floor, you know, or Top and running the floor. Yeah. I mean, Wallace is just – he can do everything, and that's why I think NBA teams are going to want him, and I think he will definitely be a lottery pick.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, I think severe Wheeler will be important to this team. Just to give Wallace a break, he's been playing so much. And Severe Wheeler, he Cal has said that he thinks he S- Severe pushes an op- the offense at a pace that Wallace doesn't. And maybe sometimes the pace is a little too out of control, but sometimes it's really good for the team. And I think Severe Wheeler could help this team.
1: Yeah, I agree. He could help the team. But if you put in Wheeler... And they pack down the defense like many teams have done when we have Willer in the game, and then we can't get the ball inside. Then I think you definitely go to Tierra because Tierra or Reeves could be the two guards if you need Wallace a break. Wallace could get in foul trouble. Yeah, Fiero and Reeves could run the guards, and that is another good lineup. I agree, Willer needs to get healthy and he could be a key for let's say 5 minutes. You, he does that little half court like full court single man trap.
0: Yeah, and that's...
1: Uh, um, yeah, that yeah, that I really like that cuz he just speeds up the other team. But the only worry there is he he has he can't shoot that great. But he has hit a couple threes. So yeah. I don't know, but I just I do think we need him to get healthy and you know, we need Frederick to start getting hot like he was.
0: Him and Shibuy are hard to play on the floor together because Shibuy is not a great pick and roll defender. And if you ever watch him, like I've said this in the first episode too, he hedges, but he does not recover. He has done better, but he can't recover if Wheeler's not fighting over screens, which he's not very good at, which is why Thierry is good for defense. I also want to see more Ugana Asanyu. Yeah. Because and, he is so good defensively and such a great shot blocker that I feel like, you know, I like Lance Ware, but I'd like to see him some more, too.
1: Yeah. I definitely like Ware. And Ware is a guy that he also has more experience in onionso that I feel like That's why Cal has gone to him in certain situations. But my thing is, next year, like we were talking about earlier, if we have Collins and Onyenso, we're good at the four and the five, really. I mean, we're good. Yeah, Because Onyenso is another guy that's 18. I I think he probably could be in high school right now. He he has potential, and he's shown some of it, but I also think that's another guy that Cal could definitely improve, and he – He definitely
0: has faith in it. Yeah, I think... I think Cal has shown that he's willing to play Mm -hmm. on Yensu. And I think that he will, too. But I do want to talk about, before we end, about where we think that this team can go. Because that's been the big question. Now... I put out an episode called The Greatest NIT Ever. And those predictions were wrong, but to be fair, I did not think we were going to beat Tennessee. I mean, and they've proved me wrong, and I'm very glad that they've proved me wrong. But what do we think I, that this team can do? Because I think they can definitely make a run.
1: What I think we have to do, we number one have to shoot well, like whether that's threes or whether that's Sheboy hitting the mid range. Yeah, because we've Shibuye shot great shown,
0: from the field in these two yes, wins.
1: Sheboy has shown he's he's definitely improved at the mid range game. Whether that because teams like like a team of like let's say our first round game against I don't know who we're gonna play. They're probably going to let Sheboy shoot mid range, and they're going to say if Sheboy beats us on mid range, we'll we'll live with the results. But if Sheboy can hit a couple mid range, and I also think maybe even putting in Collins there, I don't know. I mean, he's he could definitely drive, but I think we're going to have to shoot the three well like we have been, and we're going to have to hit the mid range. But we're also going to have to run in transition. Mm-hmm. I think that's our best thing. Running in transition gets our us m- the most shots. That's when we find Reeves in the corner or or Frederick in the corner because we have a team, and I think no matter who we put in, it, can run.
0: Yeah, I and it it gives us those open looks. She has been twenty for twenty three from the field, which is. Really unheard of, and he took a lot of jumpers against Florida. If he gets that hot, I think we'll be hard to beat. But also, I think this team could win the SEC tournament. Now, if Alabama's hot, yeah. I'm gonna be honest, I don't see anyone beating Alabama. I don't see anybody in the country beating Alabama when they're hot from the three point line. But yeah, if they have a mediocre day. Or even if they're cold, I think we could definitely win the SEC tournament.
1: Yeah, I think we could win the SEC tournament, and that's why I don't think Alabama is going to go. I mean, they definitely could go deep in the tournament, the NCAA tournament. But they could—you have one off night in the tournament, and you're gone. Like that's a tough thing about college basketball. But I also think that um, Cal and Maybe we show we have shown some defenses that we that teams haven't seen, and I think that's gonna be another key for maybe us is throwing different defenses, whether that's a trap when the ball gets thrown inside, or whether that's a little full court pressure because I think we have the guys to do that, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, for us, Cal is a very rigid guy, and he never goes out of man to man. But, yeah. I would like to see the inclusion of maybe a zone or something. However, Alabama, so, if we remember, Virginia got beat by the 16 seed. I forget what year it is, but it was a crazy game. But, if you remember, Virginia was, I'm pretty sure, very big on shooting the three ball. And, I think that, one, the 16 seed played probably their greatest game ever. And, Two, yeah. Alabama or Virginia had a cold night. What if that happens? The 16 seeds literally have nothing to lose. They are yeah. They are supposed to lose by 20. What if Alabama has a cold night and they just come out and play out of their minds?
1: Yeah, I definitely think. I don't know whether it's going to be the first round or the second round. Alabama's going to have an off night. And let's say it is the first round. Let's say Alabama is playing, according to Jerry Paul, the first, the, the last four teams are Moorhead State, Alcorn State, Howard, and FDU.
0: Or what if they're I'm playing a sure. team like Eastern? Because their tournament starts Tuesday. Yes. They shoot I the ball really well, too. They They could pull off an upset
1: a team like Eastern or a team like Moorhead State or, or really any sixteen seed that can, has a I mean, a sixteen seed obviously deserves to be there, but I think that they could definitely possibly knock off Alabama. And whether that's because Brandon Miller has an off night Or maybe he can't play. You just never know. I mean, like, let's say he gets charges.
0: Yeah, I mean, he shouldn't, but if he did. I mean,
1: you just never know. And and I just think a team could have a good night. And I think Alabama's not going to make a super deep run because they rely solely on
0: shooting. And that's why I think a team like Houston is more reliable. Yeah, I I definitely – Agree with that, and wrap wrapping things up here. I think right now, Joe Lenardi. I don't know what you have. Has Kentucky projected as an eight seed playing Boise State in the first round? Now, this was updated before we blew the projected ten seed Auburn out by forty. Now it was not forty, but we put our walk ons in and whatever, but. When we took our guys out, we blew them out by – we were up by, like, forty. I think they could beat Boise State, but then they have us playing Purdue, which it, most people say Kansas. I think I would want to play Kansas as one of the one seeds. Now, I know people are like, well, we could out-athletic Purdue and stuff, but Zach Eadie really scares me, and maybe he scares me a little too much. But I don't want to play Purdue. I want to play Kansas because I think Kansas we can beat. I do not. Or Alabama because they could get cold. I do not want to play Purdue. Yeah.
1: My worry is, I yeah, I just feel like Purdue has Edie, and I just feel like he could outwork Sheway.
0: Yeah, he's just so much. Uh-uh. Sheway struggled with Castleton, I mean.
1: Yeah, As I said, had I don't know he had like twenty points, but I would rather play if we're the eight seed. I mean, I think if we beat Arkansas, then we might even be higher than an eight seed. So I'm hoping we get out of this eight seed because I feel like the eight and nine seed have a tough road to go when they have to play the one seed in the next round. And if I had to pick one one seed to play, I would either pick Houston or Kansas.
0: Okay. I I think that's I, fair.
1: Yeah, because I think we had a horrible night. And we honestly defended Kansas pretty well. And if we are playing like we did against Auburn, we did against Tennessee, I think we can beat a team like Kansas. I mean, I just think we can't. And I also think we could that
0: we're more athletic than Houston, yeah, and I think too, that I think Kentucky when this next next um when this next bracket comes out, will probably be a seven seed, which would mean right now the projected two seeds kansas state u c l a Arizona, and Texas. I think they could beat all three, all four of those teams. Kansas State, I would not want to play, who unfortunately is in our projected bracket. UCLA, clearly we can beat because we barely lost them, and that was back when we didn't even know what was going on. Arizona yeah, just that's... lost. Arizona won't be a two seed because they just lost to Arizona State. And did you see that shot?
1: Yeah, that was that was crazy.
0: Yeah, and Texas. Two, like I said, Texas is they they lost Tennessee. We beat Tennessee twice, so I think we could definitely beat Texas. So my prediction for Kentucky is I think at the top, they can make it to the elite eight. I don't see them making it to the final four. I think an elite eight is the max, and I'd be very happy with that. But I think at the bottom, Obviously, I think you're 100% in the tournament unless you just, like, lose Vandy, lose Arkansas, and then lose first round in the SEC tournament. That, But surely that won't happen. And so I think the bottom of the road is a first-round loss. But I think they can definitely yeah. still win. I think the max seed they can get, and that this would be them winning all their games plus the SEC tournament, is a four seed. I think the lowest seed they could get is probably, like, a probably a 10 or 11, and I think that would take them, like, losing to Vandy and Arkansas. I don't think they'd get bounced if they lost all their games, but I think they could get an 11 or a 10 seed. Not, Yeah, I could
1: could definitely see a 10 seed, because that's what they have Auburn at, and we're kind of similar records to Auburn. I know he handled Auburn. But I'm looking at the minority bracket you are now, yeah, and I was just look, I was thinking if you look at the Midwest, if you swap Kentucky with NC State and you take Texas,
0: that's, that um, yeah, that's hundred percent the bracket I want to be in. I do not want to be in our projected is, bracket.
1: Yeah, I would love that because let's say we end up. Getting a a four c or maybe I don't know if we could, but maybe a three c if we win every game, win out. Then if you think we might be playing Texas, and then the only other teams we would have to worry about would be Northwestern and Duke.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here because we're getting about the deadline, and I think we've said all we can can really say this episode. I think Kentucky is gonna go. I think Kentucky can go a long way, but I think it a lot of it depends on the play of Case and Wallace. So, just to quickly summarize, we talked about the predictions for the NBA and college basketball, and we talked about Kentucky. We thought that the Celtics and I thought the Celtics and the Grizz and the Grizzlies would be there. I Alex thought that the Heat and the the uh, sons. sons would be there, and I thought Houston and Kansas State. He thought Houston and Baylor. And so, Alex, I really enjoyed this, and hopefully we'll see you, see you later.
1: Got yeah, it. Uh... I'm just hoping that these guys can pull us out. I'm hoping that uh, we can – We can win this SEC
0: tournament. I mean Yeah, buddy. We can we can definitely win. So this has been Jace Howard and my guest, Alex Ward. Big Al. Hopefully seeing him some more. This has been episode three of the Buzzer Beater Sports Podcast. Peace.